Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. It's Talking Awareness Month. was the most aggressive whisper I've ever done. Yeah, it was aggressive. <laughs> Stalking's aggressive. It, it is an aggressive, aggress, aggressive crime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it is Stalking Awareness Month, actually. Yep. January is the month. January is Stalking Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Happy Stalking Awareness Month, Libby. Yeah. I. How many people actually know that much about Stalking Awareness? Not anyone. No one. People don't. Except if they've seen it on like, a think, Lifetime movie. I think people think stalking's funny. Unless yeah. they're being stalked. Because it's not funny at all. But I think people think that it's, like, funny to joke about it and laugh about it. It's just... So, I don't know. I don't think people take it seriously. You're right, actually. Because when I was planning the social media stuff Mm -hmm. for this month to put on our social media and our website, I Google image search stalking quotes because I was trying to find some. I looked forever for good stalking quotes, quotes about being stalked, whatever, Mm -hmm. and couldn't find any. So, I just Google image search. Yeah. And there were all, like, jokes. It was like, it's it's not stalking. It's aggressive or committed individual research. Or something like, if you like being stalked, does it count as being stalked? Or, like, there were all of the images on my screen were meant to be, like, poke fun at stalking. Yeah, I think people just kind of dismiss stalkers as, like, Looney Tunes. Like, people who stalk people are kind of kooky. Like, I was telling you guys about that um, guy in Arizona who met that girl on a Tinder date, and then she sent him, like, 156,000. <laughs> You're laughing. She's, I'm not. She said I'm 156,000. I'm not exaggerating. Like 156,000 text messages in a 10 month period. And one of them said that she wanted to make sushi out of his kidneys. That shit is scary. It is really scary. But like on Facebook, on the article, there were tons of laugh emojis. People thought that was hilarious. Yeah, but imagine if that happened to you. And I do think too, when it's a woman stalker, it's less scary or more funny mm-hmm. to people than when it's a male, a man stalking a woman. That tends to be more aggressive and creepy and scary. Wow, our culture, man. Yeah, but what it's you make of it. It's weird. Like I don't think people, people think don't. It. No. No. Mm-mm. Well, let's give some quick stalking facts before we get started. Yeah, before we get started. Okay. Um, so these facts are from victimsofcrime.org. Um, And this is the Stalking Resource Center, the National Stalking Resource Center. So this says that 7.5 million people are stalked in one year in the U.S. Um, 15% of women and 6% of men have experienced stalking victimization at some point during their lifetime. And it made them feel very fearful or they even believed that they or someone close to them would be harmed or killed. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really scary. Well, if someone knows where you are all the time. Yeah, that's scary. Because they're following you. Then, like, that's... That's really easy to be like, if you are committed to me enough that you're going to follow me around yeah. or you're going to do surveillance on me, then what happens when you get mad at me? Right. Like there's already a missing piece here. Like you're already not thinking rationally. What happens when I piss you off? Right. Makes sense. Um, the majority of stalking victims are stalked by someone that they, they know or that they've met. So 61% of female victims and 44% of male victims of stalking are stalked by a current or former intimate partner. And 25% of female victims and 32% of male victims are stalked by an acquaintance. 
I think this is the most common myth about stalking. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? That's what I'll put. I'll put my two cents in about that. That is what I will say is the most common myth about stalking. That people don't. That people don't realize that most of the time it's someone that you know. Yeah, or that yeah. you are in a relationship with, or you went on a couple dates with, or you know somehow. Like most people think that it's they saw you on the street and mm-hmm. their life forever changed and now they're going to follow you forever. Right. And there are two kinds of stalkers. Mm-hmm. There are the stalkers like this that are we see most of the time where there's an acquaintance, they've met you, they know you, they at least like have your number, something like that. And then there are stalkers who have never met you and usually like we see that with like celebrity mm-hmm. stalkers, they develop some kind of a relationship with you in their mind and those more often are mental. There's mental, severe mental illness involved with those. Yeah. I think the most common myth is that those things are the same. Yeah, no. Most people And don't it's much realize. more uncommon to have it be the, the latter. Yeah. The celebrity stalker type thing is much more uncommon. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've worked at Safe for almost seven years, and I've never had a client who was being stalked who was being stalked by someone that they had never, ever, ever met. Yeah. Like, all of my stalking clients have been people that, like, worked on a project with someone in a class or went out on a date one time or obviously, like, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or something like that. But never has it been, like, someone they've never, ever met before, ever. And I think we see that really commonly in relationships where domestic violence happened. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you do make it out of that relationship and you start a new life or whatever... Very frequently, I would say they're stalking. Yeah, absolutely. That happens. Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, About half of all victims of stalking indicate that they were stalked before the age of 25. Hmm. Um, 14% of female victims and 16% of male victims experience stalking between the ages of 11 and 17. So it's pretty common in high schools and colleges. We see quite a few stalking cases every year in the college population here in the army well actually that's a great transition Mm -hmm. into the story i want to tell today yeah it's a story about stalking but before we jump into that story i want to talk about centoya really briefly yeah so you guys might remember a couple weeks ago we did an episode of the tip of the iceberg talking about centoya brown Mm -hmm. who is a young woman who's been in prison for 15 years um after having shot and killed a man who had solicited her for sex when she was a child um, and she was being trafficked by her boyfriend, Cutthroat. Oh, Cutthroat. Yep. Um, And so she went to prison and she was supposed to serve basically a life sentence. Mm -hmm. I mean, she wasn't supposed to be out for parole till like her 60s. And the governor of Tennessee um, granted her clemency this week. So she will be released in August. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge win. Huge win. So wonderful. He, like, I cried. Yeah. Yeah. Huge win. And that came from community members yeah. saying this isn't okay. Yeah. I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. the feminist movement. Yep. Um, advocates. Yep. Survivors. I mean, people rallied for that woman. Yeah, this is not one of those situations in which it's like, oh, yes, our leaders did us right. Mm -hmm. It's like, they did us wrong. Yeah. And we said something about it, and justice prevailed. Yeah. And so now my hope is that when she gets out, she is going to be given support by the system that failed her. Yeah. You know, because she she did get a degree while she was in prison. In what? Do you know? Um... 
I don't remember. I think it was an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think she was working towards a, like a four year, like a bachelor's. Um, so I really have high hopes for her, but she's got, I mean, I think it's like a great, it's a great happy ending, but it's not the end. And we know that Centoya has a ton of trauma from her whole life. Like her, her trauma didn't start when she killed that guy. Right. Like she was raised, she had fetal alcohol syndrome. She was raised in a very abusive home. She was adopted. She was abused by, um, her adoptive father, the truck driver who smacked her around all the time. So she's got a ton of trauma and a long road ahead of her to healing, but this is a... It's really great. A good start. And if you want to know more about Centoya or her story, check back the on that podcast. Yeah. I think it's called uh, Can Centoya Catch a Break yeah. or something a like weeks that. Ago. It was a few weeks ago. And you so. can use a Google machine and find everything you need to know about Centoya Brown. That's right. She's all over the interwebs. But you could also listen to us talk about it. Well, yeah, that's better. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. We think it's better. We do. Okay, so. Back to stalking. Congrats, Centoya. Yeah. We're really oh, happy about so it. So happy about it. We did celebrate in our office. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, but this is less exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What we're going to talk about today is a woman named Katie. And oh my goodness, I really hope that's not her real name. Yeah, because she... <laughs> Holy crap. We're going to talk about this story. And I went through it and I found a lot out about her. And I found this out on the internet. And we're going to talk about it. But... I really hope this isn't her real name. Right, because she did a she did like an interview for a, a news outlet yeah, about yeah. her situation. She did a couple interviews. Um, and we're hoping that she's safe. <laughs> because, okay. because stalking is scary, as you are going to see today. Yes. So this story, oldie but a goodie, takes place in 1999. That's when all of this starts. Mm-hmm. Um So, in 1999, this girl named Katie is in Chicago for grad school. She is going to school. She has her whole future ahead of her. She's so excited. She's happy. Whatever. I don't know if she's actually happy. I just assume that she's living a wonderful... Her best life. Wonderful She's in Chicago in grad school. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great. She's turning up. Yeah. She really is. So, one night, she goes out with some friends, and they're at a bar in Chicago, and she meets this guy... Who she refers to as Joe. Joe. I assume that's not his real name. I assume that too. Yeah. Just like I would hope that Katie is not her real name. But they used a first and a last name. And it wasn't like It's Katie. most likely her real name. It wasn't like Katie Jones. No. It's the last name is Landman. L- Landman with lots of lots of N's and, and at least H's. one H. Yeah. I think it's a real name. I think so too. Wow. And we're concerned. Girls but it's guts. okay. It's all right. All right. She's, she's tough. Okay. So, Katie... In Chicago, having fun, living her best life. She goes out with friends one night, and she's at a bar. Yep. And she meets this awesome, exciting, fun dude named Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have a great night together. It's really fun. They have drinks. They have laughs. They dance. It's just a dream, honestly. Um, As time goes on, they go on a couple of dates. I think she said they went on four dates. Um, so they went on four dates. She had a good time, but eventually she's like, this is not a love connection. And she decides to part ways. Well, that is when things take a turn. Well, I think Joe, after they had been, well, after they had been out on a few dates, he told Katie that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her after they'd known each other for a month. And she was like, 
whoa, slow down. Not well, into it. Even even more than that, too. Like, some people would just assume, like, whoa, he is not thinking this through. He is just jumping way into this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true either because um, in my digging, it said that he was a person that they had many conversations about how he didn't believe in marriage and he didn't believe in that institution, but he really wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. So it wasn't like a, let's go to Vegas and get married. This will be hilarious. It was like, I've thought this through (laughs) and I will not be getting married. I don't believe it. But I do want eternity with you. I want you to be my life partner. Katie. It's you and I till the end. Yep. And Katie's like, no, no, thank you. Not having it. Yeah. Katie's not about it. No. <laughs> no. And so she um, says, you know, she says that she tried to be really polite and she just said she was respectful and she just said, this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. We're going to end this. Great. So he didn't feel like it was great. No. No. And from that time on, a traditional sense of stalking began. Yep. So he started kind of following her everywhere she would be going. Um, she would see him everywhere. And when he was around, if they met up, like sometimes she would just see him walking across the street or sometimes like at an intersection or whatever. But sometimes he would confront her and he would ball his flipping eyes out about how they were meant to be. And she knew it. She knew they were meant to be together, but I don't know why she was lying. She was lying to him about her, his, her feelings for him. Okay. And so he was very emotional about it. Um, also during this period of time, there were phone calls that happened nonstop, many times a day. I would say probably based on my research, it implied that they were like between upwards of five phone calls every day. Mm -hmm. And he would call from different numbers every time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like she could block the number. Also it was 1999. So so this isn't, could you block numbers? Yeah. And you're not doing texting. Isn't like it is now. So imagine if it were now, how many text messages she probably would have received. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So five times a day back in 99 was a, decent amount of phone calls yeah yeah absolutely that's excessive and so when she would answer and also how did he call from so many different numbers in 1999 i know now that there are apps that yeah, you can call apps. from that like just scramble your number so you have a bunch of different phone numbers as evidenced by my call history from all the telemarketers that i've tried to block oh i know but how do you do that in 1999 well i mean everyone had a landline so he would just go to different people's houses. And or, call. like, yeah. I mean, he could probably, like, remember in your school in the 90s? Like, when you were in school, like, your teacher's rooms had landline phones in them. And, okay, so you're younger than me. When I was in school in the 90s, all of the teacher's classrooms had a phone. So you could call your parents from your teacher's classroom. The counseling office had a phone. And I know these people weren't in elementary school. But I'm assuming if he's in college, there's probably landline phones in maybe, like, lounge areas where the students hang out or something like that because there were in high schools there were landlines everywhere he would just go to random phones probably because i feel like they were easier to find also at 3 a.m yeah 3 a.m this guy was creative you gotta give it to joe i mean yeah i don't know what joe i don't he was committed yeah so he would um call many times a day and in the phone calls he would say like i love you and you're so beautiful Mm -hmm. 
and he would use her name specifically so she knew that it was him mm-hmm. talking to her mm-hmm. there was no accident about this mm-hmm. um and for a long time she was really polite about it and she was just said that she wasn't interested that she was not wanting to pursue a romantic relationship with him but I think there was a lot of contacts during those early periods because she did say that in that time there would be like extreme emotional turbulence. One second he would be saying, I love you, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then two minutes later he would be saying, I want you to die. Yeah. I want you to die. You're a liar and you deserve to die. Mm-hmm. He would get very, very upset mm-hmm. when she would not return his advances. Yeah, and sometimes in the span of just, like, a normal conversation. Yeah. Like, he would just flip. He would flip immediately. Yeah. That's creepy. That's really scary. One time it even talks about, at some point, she had to have her car towed or something. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what it was about. But he insisted on paying for the car to be towed. He insisted. And then he Like, said, he insisted on paying to get it out of the impound? I don't know. He the, It just said that he insisted on paying for getting the car towed. Okay. And then he sent her a bill. What? Yeah, Joe does that not have nice. it all together. That's rude. It's not nice. It's rude. That's not the way to win somebody's heart, is offering to pay their tow bill and then sending well, them a bill. Joe feels like he already has her Yeah. Heart. She's lying. And so in a She's partnership... She's lying about her feelings. In a partnership like the one they had, of course... Finances are shared like that, you know? Mm -hmm. He'll cover you, and then you'll get him back. You know, that's how it works. Yep. Dutch treat. Oh, Joe. Okay. (laughs) But this lasted forever. It lasted for several years. Like four years? Yeah. That we know of. So fast forward. Um, This continues to happen. The phone calls are still happening. He's still following her around. It's still a whole thing. But in the year 2000, so the year later, he moves to Wisconsin, and she is thrilled. Yeah, great. She's like, I can have my life back. This is good. New start, whatever. Yep. She's so pleased. Except for, all of a sudden, she sees him showing up places that she goes. So, like, her favorite coffee shop, all of a sudden he's there. And where her classes are on campus, he'll just be there. Can you imagine if someone told you they were moving to another state, even like a neighboring state, whatever, but then all of a sudden they were still all the way there? So I know that he had like a temporary job when he was in Chicago and then it ended and that's when he moved. What was his job when he was in Wisconsin that he could just randomly show up to Chicago? That's what I wonder. At all hours of the day and stalk Katie. What was he doing? Well, Katie said, actually, that as time went on, he had a lot of different jobs, and then he would get immediately fired. Well, sure, because he wasn't coming to work. Because he told his boss, like, hey, sorry, I can't come in. I have to go to Chicago. Yeah, I have a a love interest in Chicago that I'm terrorizing. Right, and she doesn't know I'm coming, but I do want to get coffee at the same time as her, Mm -hmm. and so I'll need to be gone. So, sure, they fired him. Yeah. Every time. Like, you would fire me. Absolutely, I would. Also, I would hope that you could fire me if I was stalking If you were stalking someone? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You'd be done. I'd be horrified. Okay. Yeah, so he just shows up at all of her favorite places. And her classes. Oh, my gosh. And it's so freaky. And it's to the point where she's so freaked out that she has one of her guy friends call him and pretend to be her husband. 
And she, and so he calls and he's like, hey, leave my wife alone. This is crazy. That's my assumption of how the phone call went. There's not a transcript. Please note that. Yeah. Um, but he calls the guy just in hopes that it'll leave her alone. That, that didn't, didn't work. That didn't work. So let's just pause there. Because I have had multiple conversations with my friends about how you'll have a guy on your back not leaving you alone. Maybe not stalking you. But, like, following you around at parties or, like, you'll see him out at the bars and he'll want to dance and buy you drinks and, like, be – he's, like, being creepy. And he doesn't stop Mm -hmm. until he realizes, oh, no, she has a boyfriend. That's right. So he doesn't care enough about me saying, please leave me alone. I'm not interested. He only respects my male partner enough to leave me alone. Yeah, you're because right. that happens. I mean, girls listening to this podcast are nodding their heads in agreement. Yeah. Yes, they've experienced this. I experienced this in I college. Have too. It wasn't until my friend told this guy, like, "Hey, Farron's with so and so. She's like got a boyfriend." That he was like, "Oh," and then he left me alone and was like pissed off and like never talked to me again. Right. That but, like, happens all the time. He wasn't taking my hints that I'm like not reciprocating. I'm not like wanting. No, thank you. What the hell is that? I've heard so many stories of people experiencing that. Like, literally every woman has experienced that, probably. Mm -hmm. Most of us. I think. Obviously, with this crazy, kooky guy, that didn't work. But, like, the fact that Katie, as a woman, thought, like, here's an idea. I'll have my male friend pose as my husband and tell him to leave me alone. And that'll do it. That'll do it. I mean, she's on the right track. Because, yeah, that's the only way you can get a scumbag guy to leave you alone. You're right. I'm irritated. I don't blame you. As a woman, that's that's some bullshit as a woman. I agree with you. And every woman should be annoyed at that. Yeah, I am too. Okay. I that's a whole that's a whole podcast. That's a whole itself. podcast in and of itself, but why can't we just be respected enough? That's right. For a guy well, to just I, be I like, I, eh, I don't know. She's I saw not a BuzzFeed BuzzFeed video out that too. So yeah, it's other women notice this. It's not just me. And how many tropes in like a romantic comedy or a romance or whatever, where a girl is sitting alone at the bar and and then this sleazy guy is coming up and trying to get with her and trying to get with her and trying to get with her, and then this random stranger comes up and pretends to be her partner or whatever. Right. So the the gross guy goes away. Right. All the time. I've seen at least three movies where that happens. Yeah, and it happens all the time. That's aside from the stalking thing. But that's not okay. No. If you are a man and you are trying to hook up or whatever with a girl and she's not reciprocating and she's not into it, leave her alone. Listen to her words. And her actions. Do not wait for her boyfriend or her fake boyfriend or her big cousin or her brother or whoever to tell you to stop it. Well, also, though, what does it say about you? God. Like, if you're a man listening to this and this has happened to you or you have thought about this before, like, that's embarrassing that someone feels the need to, like, fake you out like that. Yeah. That's creepy. That's embarrassing. Well, regardless, it did not work with you. So this didn't work because Joe, Joe was not having it. No, no. He confronted her. And at this point, he, they're at a bar and she and he confronted her aggressively and said, "Why are you lying about your feelings for me?" Oh my God. We are meant to be, maybe not married. Because I don't believe in that. Because I don't believe in that, and I've thought that through very logically and rationally. Yes. But we're going to spend the rest of our freaking lives together. Because <laughs> that's rational. That is rational. Yes. No. So it gets crazy. So yeah. she is now feeling 
super freaked out really scared yeah yeah and the phone calls are continuing and even escalating she's getting phone calls every day multiple times a day and her mom is even getting phone calls now he's calling her mom's house and her mom's phone and her mom even said that that she found a message on her phone that said talked directly about how much and it seemed like it was directed to katie so i don't Mm -hmm. think it was to katie's mom yeah but in just hopes that katie would get it at her mom's house and it was more like, I love you. Like saying you? he loved her and stuff? I love you. Yeah. I love you. So fast forward, this is her life for another year. 365 days. Good Lord. This is her life. Ugh. So now we're in 2001. Same stuff is happening, except for there's an added element. So eventually... So the problem is that... She, he keeps using different phone numbers, and so he, she can't, like, not answer the phone. Yeah. Because she doesn't know who it is, and it's hard to tell if it's Joe or if it's somebody else. Right. So, at first, all of her friends and family were like, well, as soon as you hear his voice, just hang up. And she tried. But he still kept calling. So, eventually, she stops answering the phone. She is no longer receiving calls. Yeah. Email only for this lady. Yeah. Was email a thing? Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This wasn't my uh, heyday. Yeah. Yeah. So email only for Katie because she's no longer answering the phone. So he stops for a second. Because he realizes, okay. Yeah, this isn't working. Yeah. But he does not give up. Oh. Now we are in the letter phase of the Katie and Joe relationship. He sends letters. And he sends them to her and he... He know she knows Katie knows when the letter is from him, because number one, it'll be covered in hearts on the outside, which is really cute. <laughs> so oh cute, Joe. <laughs> and in each letter, there'll be a top ten. Oh right, about her, like the top ten most beautiful things or the top ten things I love about you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, in every letter. Mm-hmm. Um. We're all surprised to hear that uh, Katie never responds to these letters. Right. <laughs> no, she doesn't, which no. is great. Yeah, she shouldn't. But then he starts sending them to her mom and her family and... Her friends. Her friends. Yeah, yeah. Like her best friend. Yeah, and this is the really creepy part. This one, I think, is... I mean, all of this is really creepy, but for some reason, this, like, is creepy to me. So, in the letter to her friends and her family, he puts, like, notes about how to care for her. Oh. And to to care for her. Like, take care of her, and I don't remember the other stuff it said, but, like, watch out for her. And specific notes about how to care for Katie. Because he knows. Oh, my gosh. Joan knows. Oh, my gosh. I think that the stalking TV show that just came out on Netflix is called You. I watched a couple episodes of it. Oh, I haven't seen it. I think the main character's name is Joe. Oh. It's like a it's like a series about a stalker? Yeah, it's a series about a stalker. It's pretty good. Um, I can rant about Joe? that later. But I really feel... I'm going to check. I really feel like his name is Joe. Wow. I'm looking it up. Well, to be fair, that is a common male name. I know, but how weird is it how that this weird, just though. came out and now we are looking at it? That's some serendipity right there. Wow. That really is. Let's see. Let's see. Overview. Joe. It really is. His name is Joe. Joe. This article is also from, like, early 2000s. 
So Interesting. I'm just saying I have a tally going for how I'm psychic and this is in it. <laughs> I, it is. I, I just, think that, that, yep. That proves it. I just watched a couple episodes of this TV series. Stalker dude, name is Joe. Now I find all of this other evidence about this other stalking situation from the early 2000s, and his name is Joe. Yep. I need to not be freaked out by this. This nope. is fine. Anyway, letters, it's creepy. Yeah, really creepy. He's giving instructions on how to care for Katie. Okay. Oh. And so she she talks about how, and I think this is a very interesting part, she talks about how this is the part where she really becomes fed up with this mm-hmm. because she sees it wearing on her family and yeah. her friends who are getting these letters yeah. because it's no longer just impacting her. No. That How many be... victims will not, like, they can take so much personally, but their hearts are so big that they're like, no, it's not just me. It's no. not just impacting yeah, they, me. Yeah, they usually get really distressed about when their families get dragged. It's into always it. when their families or their get friends. into it or their kids or yeah. their friends that they're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Just just makes you so sad, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. So she moves to Georgia. Cause I think that was her tipping point was she's like, my family. And I think she was scared too because it says at this point she was living with her family. Um and they were still receiving letters. And I think it just no longer felt safe to be there. And so she moves to Georgia. And I hopefully she didn't just bail and move to Georgia. Hopefully she, like, finished grad school or yeah. got a good job or something. So it's not as sad. But she moves to Georgia, and he is still calling. She kept her phone number the same because yeah. of all of her friends and family in Chicago. It was going to be really hard to change to it. change it. Because it's not like today where you can just send out a Snapchat that's like, this is my new number. Right. You know, no. So she keeps her number the same and he still calls and he still calls and he still calls. And then she changes her number. And she says she's still terrified. And he's still contacting her family in yep. Chicago. Yep. Trying to find out information about her. Yep. He was still doing that in, when she moved to Georgia. Right. And she says to, and this, so this article I think came out 2004 2004, I think yeah so starting in 1999 so that's that's five years that this has gone on and she said in 2004 she says she's still terrified that he's going to find her and her relationships are impacted she says that when she first starts dating someone she says don't call me every day otherwise Mm -hmm. we're done Mm -hmm. and she goes through these cycles of being like okay and everything's good again and then this is terrible. I need my space. Feeling so impacted by this. So people who have been victims of stalking experience pretty intense trauma. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's not just like a... I mean, there's lasting effects yeah, on people. For sure. Because that's really scary. Yeah. So that is why we really hope that Katie is not her real name. Yeah, because, whoa. Yeah. Maybe Joe died. Maybe Joe died. Wait, but in 2004, he was still alive. Yeah. I keep thinking that, like, maybe this is now, but it's not. No, we don't know. I I don't know what Joe is. I just worry so much, especially in 2004, the internet was on its way. Wasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Google was becoming way more of a thing. And so you Google this article, you Google Georgia, you Google Katie. Well, like, 2004, there would have been, like, MySpace. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember having a MySpace in he, high school. He can find her. Oh, yeah. Katie. <laughs> so what do we think Katie did? What are some things that Katie did that are good safety planning tips? And what are some things? Because Katie acknowledged in the article that she felt like she was too nice at first and she let it. She said, I let it go on longer than I should have. I don't believe she let it go on no. longer. But those were her feelings that like maybe she should have had law enforcement. She never reported him to law enforcement. So yeah. I think she felt like maybe she should have brought in law enforcement right away or um, not been as nice. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that we saw that we think could have been maybe different for Katie in safety planning? How would you have safety planned differently with her? Well, one thing that I think she did really well, and this is something that we tell the people we work with a lot with stalking, is she told him, I'm not interested. Multiple times. Do not contact me. Yes. Yeah. Which is really important. Which is really important. I think, I don't, this is so hard to tell because number one, it was a long time ago. And number two, we don't have the full story. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that there was a time in the middle where she might have been hanging out with him a little. Like, she might have given in for a second and be like, fine, we can be friends or something. Because otherwise, how would he have access to pay for her getting her tow car, car towed? Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's possible that she was like, I'm not interested. Stop. Go away. And he didn't. And over that amount of time, she's like, okay, fine. Let's be friends. And I know that in my experience working with people who have been stalked, that's not uncommon. Yeah. Um, And it's also not uncommon for them to not want to block the phone numbers and to not want to involve law enforcement because they like knowing where their stalker is. So, like, it's almost scarier to them to, like, block his number or her number and have no idea, like, where they are, what they're thinking, what they're going to do next. So, at mm-hmm. least, like, if their behavior is predictable, like Joe's, Katie at least could safety plan around getting letters or getting calls or whatever. Because how spooky is it? I I bet she was terrified when all of a sudden the phone call stopped. Yeah. Like, I would be terrified. Yeah. Because he does have this this pattern of escalating, right? right? First, it was just, I'm following you. Now it's the phone calls. Now right. it's the phone calls to your mom. Right. There's this escalation that's happening. So to all of a sudden have things stop, that would freak me out. Another thing that I noticed was that her mother, she talked about how her mother never really insisted or suggested that they call the police. Yeah, I saw that too. And that her mom's um, very much a handle-it-yourself type of a person. And I think it's important for people to recognize times in which it's not appropriate to try to handle things yourself. Yeah. And that there are going to be times when you're going to need to get law enforcement involved. Right. When somebody is doing something like this, that handling it yourself is not always the best. It's kind of like the best plan. If your appendix bursts. Probably shouldn't handle that yourself. Right. Because you don't have the resources. Right. Or the knowledge. Right. You should go to the hospital. You should go to the hospital and have somebody help you. Right. Who has sterile equipment and a medical degree yes law enforcement has the tools to like maybe put a protection order in place yeah or patrol him extra or whatever that looks like right right yeah i think so but it can be really scary to call law enforcement on a stalker because then they're worried victims are often worried that that's going to escalate the behavior that that's really now they're going to be really mad yeah and usually they they 
are. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a realistic yep. fear to have. And I think it's common too, for people to feel like officers aren't going to believe them mm-hmm. or say like, Oh, sounds like he really likes you. You should be flattered. Are you sure you don't want to get with this guy? You know yeah. what I mean? Or this girl? Right. Which I've heard that's happened before. Yeah. So I think that um, obviously safety planning with a stalking victim now is going to look differently because of technology mm-hmm. than it would have 15 years ago. Right. But now um, it really, like, let's, let's, okay, so let's talk about some safety planning tips. Sure. If this, if this is happening to you or if this is happening to a friend of yours, first of all, understanding that stalking is not normal. It is mm-hmm. not okay. It is not funny. It it's is not, not harmless. Mm-mm. It is scary. And it is a crime, first of all. Yep. And you need to pay attention and be, you, you need to be alert and vigilant. Yep. First of all. Because a lot of times people get injured. In yes. Cases of I mean, it's serious. Yeah. People are crazy and scary. Yep. So my big, big safety planning tip is document everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, document all of the keep, keep, it's easier now to keep text messages because of smartphones. Yep. Make sure you keep those text messages. I know that it seems tempting to want to delete people out of your phone and delete their text messages and not want to look at them, but keep the text messages, keep the, the screen, take screenshots of how many times they've called you. Right. And even if you, if it makes you so anxious and it kind of incites that trauma feeling for you to have that on your phone, local advocacy programs like ours will hold that for you. Yeah. If you take screenshots of yeah. it and email them to your we, advocate. We can keep that for we you. We can keep that yeah, for you. Absolutely. I've even seen, um, online, I don't know who made this worksheet, but it's like a little worksheet printable thing that tracks your interactions with your stalker. So there's like a date and a time and a duration, like it lasted for five minutes. And every interaction they have with their stalker Mm -hmm. is documented in that way. Yeah. It's really helpful for the police Mm -hmm. and it's really helpful for judges. If you do file, if if in your state, which Wyoming has stalking protection orders, If you're going to file one of those, it's really helpful for a judge to see the behavior and to see that this has been, okay, this person texts you 80 times today and called 100 times in an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, that's really concerning behavior. Which happens. Totally. It's not like out of the realm of possibility. Mm -mm. No, it's very common. So um, document everything. And honestly, don't go through it alone. No. Don't go through it alone. Reach out to a local program. You know, get an advocate. Even if you don't want to tell because you're embarrassed and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb for giving this person my phone number or this is such a hassle. I don't want to involve my friends. That's when you involve an advocate because they won't tell anybody and they can be a support system for you and help guide you through that crappy process. And they might know things that have worked for other people that could work for you. They can help you safety plan. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think this is a good time to uh, share our hotline number just in case that is happening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Our hotline number is uh, 307-745-3556. 24 hours a day, day. seven days a week. Um, Like we said, stalking is a crime. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have an order of protection to report somebody for stalking you, first of all. So if, if you're experiencing that and you want to call law enforcement, you can do that. Yep. But protection orders, 
give law enforcement what cops often say to me is they give us more teeth to do something about it. Right. And so we can help file those with you. Those are free to file. You don't have to have an attorney to file a protection order. And an advocate can help you with that. Yeah. It's a pretty simple process, actually, if you have a little bit of help. Right. So. And in the spirit of Stalking Awareness Month, um, learn more about stalking. Yeah. And (laughs) care about it. And don't, like... Don't think it's funny. It's it not. ain't funny. It's really not. And if you would like us to come and do a presentation to uh, you or to where you work or your church or your classroom classroom or your PTA or your what other groups are there? Cooking club, book club. Yeah, all kinds of clubs. Uh, any club, we will do a presentation to any club absolutely safely, unless yeah. it's like a club of like we are stalkers and. I don't know if people remember the statistics that I read, but men are stalked at high rates. Yeah. You know, men are yep. victims of domestic violence and sexual assault at, a, at significantly lower rates than women. But it's not significantly, I mean, it's not as significantly lower for stalking. That men, we see a lot of male victims of stalking. Yeah. And that female stalkers are as scary and aggressive as male stalkers. So That's men right. should take it seriously too. And often men don't. They're like, ah, whatever, she's crazy, I can handle it. And you shouldn't... No, because you don't know what that's no. going to look like. No. For you. Yeah, so... Yeah. Reach out to us if you're a man, because we provide services to men. Absolutely. All do. the time. Mm-hmm. We work with men regularly. Yep. Proud to do that. Well. Okay. Happy Stalking Awareness Month. Yep. I wrote a song, but I won't sing it, just oh. because um, it's secret. <laughs> The, the secret stalking Maybe someday you, you will sing it. Maybe next I'm looking January. forward to it. I bet it's lovely. <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye.